We're out. Want to bet I can get to the store and back before halftime? You're on. Think you know what way it's going to go? Make your bet at Sports Interaction. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die. Hello, you're not, uh, you're not, your eyes are not deceiving you. It is nighttime, but it is another episode of Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC podcast for fans, but is now fully on the Canadian men's national team train as the 2022 or 2022 World Cup has begun. I'm your host, Mike Newell, and this week we're talking obviously Canada's friendly win against Japan and the lead up into the massive game on Wednesday against Belgium. Uh, MLS free agency has begun. Are we confident in TFC's game plan? Do they actually have a plan? Uh, we'll review a day two of the World Cup, uh, three games to quickly go over. And then, of course, we take some of your burning questions all on this week's Toronto Till I Die. Uh, with me, as always, Michael Singh, Jeffrey P. Nesker. Gents, how are you doing? How are you taking in the start of this World Cup? I'm interested to see how you guys are taking the first two days. It's a lot, right? Um, first of all, like I'm ecstatic that there are football matches to be watched every single day. Um, mm-hmm. That that part's beautiful and amazing, but it's also it's a little bit damp because you wake up and every day you hear a new story about why FIFA and Qatar sucks. To be quite honest, <laughs> yeah. to put it, to put it bluntly, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, and just the fact that these games are early mornings as opposed to you know throughout sort of this afternoon, where most people would be watching these games together, it feels it feels a little bit different this time around. But I I'm happy, man. I get to dive into some really quality football um, and something we really haven't really tasted in in a couple of years, especially when you consider how many fans are in attendance and some of the atmospheres and vibes like Senegal was Senegal was a vibe, man. Their fans were fun. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I have a a mammoth craving for cheese balls now on account of that sports interaction ad. Like I haven't, I haven't had proper cheese balls in a long, long, long time. And (laughs) I think I'm going to seek them out. Uh, Yeah. I agree with, I agree with Mike. It, it, it's, you know, I, I mean, even if this World Cup was being played in the summer in Shangri-La, I think it would still feel kind of weird because we are coming out of a global pandemic. But uh, it is it is kind of like multiplying zeros with this situation. I mean, it you know, you, you go on the bird app and, and at first you celebrate that it's still functional. Uh, and then and then after that. You know, you're inundated with 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 this and that and, and this backhand and that backhand. I mean, Grant Wall getting turned away from the stadium today because he refused to take off uh, a, a pride shirt uh, that he wore in uh, to be competitive. I mean, I'm sure there was a certain element of it there. But um, 
yeah, it's just, you know, something it's, it, there's this, this big disconnect between like all of these people with, with the, the wealth and the wherewithal to sort of control their own narrative with the desire to control their own narrative, but totally incapable of controlling their own narrative because that's impossible in the modern context. So you're seeing all of this stuff. And, and the most concerning beyond the football is just all these rollbacks. I mean, we knew that the, the loss of alcohol sales would, would not be the final domino to fall rather the first. Uh, and then with the armbands and, and what's happening uh, it's casting a bit of a pal uh, over the, over the proceedings. But um, today was a good day for football. You know, yesterday it was easy to ignore the football because it was pretty bad. I mean, uh, you know, I'm still going to na- kneel at the altar of Enter Valencia, but uh, but it was, you know, pretty bad. Today today we got to see some, some I'm not going to say proper football because it's the group stages and it's always, you know, teams feeling each other out. But it started to feel a bit more like a World Cup, you know. Yeah. It still doesn't, but it, it started to feel a bit more like one. Yeah, I'm, it, like I said in, an, in another episode, I'm, I'm still slightly conflicted. Like, yes, I'm watching the football, but at the same time, I inextricably, you cannot separate the politics from it um and as much as they tell you that you should exactly as much as they're trying to get you to not do that you just can't it's it's around you and i'm also sensitive to the fact that look this is a culture um and it is you know in a way you don't want to necessarily be tossing stones in glass houses in in certain ways but we're not being ethnocentric though we're we're it's fair it's fair to call out no 100 lapses in in human rights without saying we want you to work the way we work 100 you know, and that's a fine what I'm, line yeah, yeah that's what i'm yeah. coming to right like it, yeah. like in the end of the day it's just stuff you cannot ignore um so there is that one side of it and then of course from a football perspective like i'll be honest with you the first two games were complete snores for me um you know obviously from from that perspective obviously the first game qatar were just they were poor right and and, in ecuador and it's kind of hard because it's you know is ecuador really that good or were qatar really that poor and and we'll find out we'll find out i guess for the rest of the games but that was tough watching england tear apart iran like you know i i you know i was doing my work but i kind of tuned out after three nil like it was over um, even mm. the Netherlands Senegal game, as much as Senegal fans brought the vibes, and thank God because you needed that because it had been derelict for the first two games. Um, even then, it kind of was a bit of snooze fest. Really, the England uh, Wales or sorry, the uh, USA Wales game sort of was the first match that felt like a proper World Cup match. Um, and, and that's mm. and that's it's an interesting place to be, Mikey. I know you want to jump in here. Nope. I think oh, he's Mikey, muted, you might be unmuted. Sorry, I was muted. Yeah, that you no, know, I said I literally said interesting, so I'm happy you read my uh, read my mind because <laughs> that was the that was the least eventful match when it comes yeah. from creating chances and shots and everything like that. Um, but I, yeah, I, I definitely the first match. Um, it was just cool just to see a World Cup get underway and the opening ceremony and all that, but. England, yeah, I like goals. I think goals are fun. Yeah, um, yeah. Like some beauties. Iran, I don't think is that as bad as England made them out to be. Although they did I not agree. look great. But that being said, then we can get into the whole political side of things and mm-hmm. why it might have been a tough match for them to to play. And they were fighting a losing battle from the beginning. But yeah, that uh, just diving into that Wales USA game just a little bit more, Mike. I think 
U.S. shot themselves in the foot there. Uh, no pun intended. Mm-hmm. We're talking about the U.S., right? Um, they uh, yeah. with an AR-15. Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't think I don't think Wales drew that game. I think I I feel like the U.S. gave that one to them. So, mm. uh, well, interesting to watch another team that obviously sort of looks a lot like Canada to me. Uh, watching this U.S. men's national team play. They have a lot of young players. They're exciting. Some of them are MLS-based. You know, the first time they're really going heavy in Europe when it comes to their roster, too. Uh, they'll be one to watch. I don't think I'm going to rule them out quite yet, but that was a tough point for them to – tough two points for them to leave on the board. Yeah, for I'm sure. Rule we'll- them out. You have them – you have them as your dark horse, much to the chagrin yeah. of, of half of your Twitter followers. I mean, I, I read that comment thread. People were giving you giving you all manner of heck. Um, yeah, no, I, I agree with that statement. And, and uh, you know, we keep getting back to the political thing. So before I forget, you know, I have a huge problem with this idea that you can separate politics from sport. Uh, sport is a proxy for war. Always has been, always will be, and especially national team sports. I mean, people are investing the same sort of feelings that they have into their national team on a field of play in sport as they would in their in their military on a field of battle. So to say it's so disingenuous to try and extricate one from the other because one grows out of the other and they overlap in so many ways. Um, so yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's. It's difficult. It's difficult. I mean, you know, it, it, far be it for us to come back and say, why? Why is this happening? You know, why was it put here? I, it's here now. So it's just about dealing with the fallout. My biggest concern is, is, is these rollbacks. I mean, we have nothing. We have nothing in stone to say anything about the promises that were made in the lead up to the world cup. And I'm talking about the treatment of LGBTQ plus I'm talking about public drunkenness, which is part of the football experience. Um, you know, this disconnect between, uh, you know, we, we want to be a footballing nation and then, Oh, but not that footballing nation. Like, well, you, you know, you, you sort of, that, that's what you anti up to come to play. And these rollbacks I find incredibly concerning. And, and that, that's really the most I want to, I want to say about that with respect to the games today. Um, I thought they were all great. I mean, you know, it's world cup and, uh, I'm sure in about a week when, you know, the, the, the narrative start getting written and the favorites start emerging and, and, and Canada's playing its first game, it will get more interesting. Yeah. You know, this is like, I, I, I'm trying to remember how interesting the last, uh, world cup was in the first two days. And I can't remember it being, a barnstormer either you know what i mean so so i I think that's just par for the course but it's weird because nothing nothing in this experience is going to feel par for the course whatsoever it's no and i think it's gonna yeah yeah and that's gonna be a big a big talking point throughout i think the world cup um is just this this idea of this being sort of a very a different feeling world cup um but we'll we'll get into that a little bit later we'll Mm. obviously talk about the games today in a little bit more detail um but let's jump into what a lot of people are going to be here to, to listen about is Canada uh, and mm-hmm. the run up to uh, the the games uh, in terms of this coming Wednesday. Uh, big friendly win uh, uh, on Thursday against Japan. Um, you know, we talked about it last show. We talked a little bit about, you know, the big things that we wanted to see out of that game. Now that it's happened, a 2-1 win. 
How are we feeling going into the Belgian game off the back of that result? Uh, for me, still nervous. Uh, I think it was <laughs> a very important result against, a, honestly, a really tough uh, Japan team who plays competitive Absolutely. matches no matter who they play against. I think leading up to that game against Canada, the only match that Japan lost in 2022 was a 1-0 defeat to Brazil. So the fact that Canada was able to, to find a way to come away with the result, albeit, yeah, sure, it was Japan's second team, essentially, uh, with a few starters sprinkled in. The fact Canada was able to get something out of that game, I think, was was great for their confidence and boded well for their confidence. And I think the biggest takeaway was it sounds like all the men's national team players did come away from that match feeling healthy. Thank God. Uh, there was no injury sustained in that one. Yeah. And they get a boost of confidence, a jolt of confidence heading into this yep. really important test against Belgium. But, you know, John Herman's used this term in a, in a different context. But for me, watching England today play Iran uh, was was sobering. That's what John Herman hmm. says. It was sobering to an extent because you could see the difference in quality between a side like Iran and, and England. Um and I think Belgium is right up there with England in terms of that type of, of quality that they have on their team. They have a really tough midfield, which is sort of what, what England's MO is, uh, with Declan mm-hmm. Rice there and Jude Bellingham, while, while Belgium obviously has Yuri Tielemans and, and Witzel. So Canada will really need to, to find a way to bring their, their A game. Um, Iran's a good team, man, and England did not make them look that way whatsoever. So uh, yeah, big test I mean, I, 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 I think there's a bunch of caveats and asterisks there. Obviously, Iran uh, had other things on their mind. Um, you know, England are notorious for starting strong out of the gate and then kind of losing their footing. So, you know, uh, if this was later on in their group stage, I would assign it more weight. But but, you know, it could just be you know, first day funsies. And, and I hate to say it because, you know, my, my, my Bukayo got a brace, but uh, uh, yeah, I, I, I think there's some caveats there. Um, my big takeaway from the Japan game, just to circle back is thank God Kava got on the score sheet because we didn't. need him. <laughs> we need him. I don't care. They all count, man. And we, <laughs> we need him. We need that kind of confidence from our chaos merchant. Uh, going into these rounds again in in the proper World Cup, so that that's that's my big takeaway. I know I said last week that I'd be happy if we were able to meet them tempo wise, and I'm not so sure we did, but I think we learned something better, which is and and it's something we should have known already, which is you know, and it, I'll, I'll bring it to Gray's point here, which is you know he's talking about how the U.S. Wales game was a game of two ta- uh, two halves. Again, Greg Berhalter couldn't adjust in the second half, and that hurt the U.S. He's not a very good coach. In John Herman, we have a guy who loves to tinker and loves to adapt, and his game plan is not written in stone. It's never gospel. At most, it's a game plan for the first half, at most, at maximum, and he makes adjustments based on the opponent that we have. So something like what happened to the U.S. today, earlier today, where Wales kind of figured out what they were doing, adjusted themselves accordingly, and the USA had no answer. I don't necessarily think that that's our kryptonite as much as it might be the United States men's national team because we have 
a gaffer in Herdman who this is his this is his wheelhouse this is his skill set um you know so yeah like what what to take out of that moving in i mean i'm happy belgium's first because we're getting sort of a half belgium that's kind of depleted um you know i'm scared of tailman's i don't know how scared i am of axel witzel uh and uh you know with no Romelu Lukaku up front, as much as I like Mitsi Bachui, uh, that's a precipitous drop off in quality. So, uh, you know, that, that's, that's what I'm most excited about heading into this first match is that we're going to face Belgium. This may be the best time to face them in the whole tournament. So, so, you know, we win there. True. I mean, I, I think that is the maybe the one saving grace um, is that we get them first. So there's a possibility that you catch them a bit off. But I, I share Mike's concern as well in regards to Belgium, in regards to how uh, this could go. And and, it, and and honestly, it may not have anything to do with the quality. Can It just might be they just simply out-qualityed right on the pitch. Yeah. It has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with effort. It has nothing to do with game planning. It's just simply one team has a few more Kevin De Bruyne type players and we don't. And it, and and that just sometimes happens in football, especially in tournament football. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and that's just this, that's kind of the scary part here is just that we could game plan really well. We could, we could technically have the right setup and just simple quality can just beat all of that. Right. And and that, we're we're excited about Romelu Lukaku being out. I don't think Canada's ever faced a striker as good as Michi Batshuayi. I've wanted him on TFC Maybe forever. Dar- so. I guess Dar- Darwin Nunez would have been a yeah, yeah, and Luis Suarez, but they didn't really handle that threat very well. So let's see how they do against uh, Batshuayi, who's more than a capable striker. He's a guy who can actually probably get in behind better than a Lukaku would. Which oh, he's be, way trickier. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Which could be a threat against, you know, a guy like Steven Vittoria, who isn't the most, doesn't have the best speed, but he's a bit of Bentley, right? Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's up there. That so, is yeah, not I mean, his specialty, no. Yeah, big test in, in so many different ways. Um, but at the same time, as as a Canadian, as Canadian soccer fan and journalist, like, so happy to finally be talking about a legitimate game where Canada is going to be playing a real opponent. This will be the best opponent Canada has ever played uh, mm-hmm. in a meaningful game. Maybe since France in 86. Yeah. 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 Even then. Michel I mean, Plantini. Right. This yeah. is the You're world number about... two squad, right? Yeah. I don't know what France was ranked back in 86, um, but it has to be. Uh, they were, well, really they were the European there, champions yeah. at the time. Right? Yeah, like yeah, They were yeah, the reigning they were European really champions. Look, I, 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 you know, for this game, I think, one, for Canada fans, I would say, one, enjoy the ride, right? Enjoy the wave, you know? Yeah. Um, the, you know, it, in terms of the actual sort of tactics and breaking things down, like, uh, I, I'm really interested to see what, what John Herdman may do with Junior Hoylet here. I don't know if he starts um on on wednesday but it was interesting that they used him in this japan game and i thought he was really effective in he was everywhere the role that he, he gave was him. yeah he was everywhere, everywhere. and, and yeah. i wonder if he gives himself a shot to maybe get into that 11 on he has to uh, start on wednesday. he has, he has, to, has start. to start i was just about to say you're you're insane he uh, deserved man of the match <laughs> performance in japan he's my guy i got my kit pressed ready to go even though i have to be at home 
uh, doing the WTR game thread, but you know, I'll enjoy that. Um, yeah, no, he's made himself undroppable for this game. And, and, you know, I keep flashing to the Fonzie goal versus Panama, right? We've got game changers. We've got guys that can turn a game on its head and not just one of them. You know what I mean? So all things being equal, it, it comes back to what, what we've been hearing out of the Canada camp. I think from Fonzie himself on any, you know, we can beat them on the day. Uh, and he said it with a straight face and I believe him. I, I'm not, a, you know, on the day ranking, etc. doesn't matter. Maybe, maybe they all had bad cereal. Maybe they're all going to have bad cereal on Wednesday morning and, and, you know, and, and, <laughs> and the, they have gastro, the hope, gastrointestinal difficult. Like this is the beauty of tournament football. And, and, you know, my fear is that, you know, we are underdogs against Belgium. And there's a very real chance that we lose this game against Belgium. And I just don't want to see, obviously we won't see what happened with the Qatari national team for various reasons. One, there won't be a stadium full of us that leave at halftime, but I don't want to see the momentum drop by consequence of, uh, of a loss to Belgium or, or, I mean, I would say a draw, but, but a loss is what I'm worried about. Just deflating everyone because this, mm -hmm. What would be a good result for you, Jeff, against Belgium? What's a good takeaway? Are you asking my professional opinion or the one that's really, really scared of the wheels on the bus falling off? That one, because yeah. the the a win. I mean, a win or nothing, right? Which nothing. is which a win because because you know. So it, Canada plays gets a two-two draw against Belgium. You're I think you're jumping. I'm happy on the moon. I'm, I am on the moon. moon. I'm doing back. I'm figuring out how to do backflips, and I'm doing backflips in my apartment. But does that satiate the this train that's a rolling? You know what no I mean? Chance. That's exactly. No chance. That, I, that I, even with a loss, yeah, even with a loss, I don't think the train rolls. I think John Herdman has these guys so well. I'm not talking about on. us. I'm talking about this this inertia uh, for Canada soccer. This, this, I don't want to say bandwagon. I hate the, you know, I, I, I find the term bandwagon is too, is too, is too binary, but this inertia, because, you know, it, it, it's common practice. Uh, you, you see it with, with, with actors all the time. Oh, I don't, I don't go on social media. Of course they do. And of course it affects them. If someone says your performance was crap or whatever the case may be, these Canadian men's national team players, whether they're embargoed from looking at their phones or not, this is going to filter down to them and they feed off this energy. So, you know, when I say a win or nothing, I'm saying I'm worried that the expectations are 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 misplaced and that, you know, a, a very honorable loss or a draw or a 2-2 draw might not be enough to sustain this inertia that's happening that will trickle down to our players, you know. I don't think we're going to get worked the way Qatar got worked by Ecuador. I don't think there's a snowball's chance in hell. We're, we're too talented to, to, you know, we may not be as good as Belgium, but we're certainly not as bad as Qatar was. I don't think we're going to have to experience that kind of horrific come to Jesus moment for lack of. Yeah. But I don't think I, yeah. I, to your point, I don't think we're going to end up having sort of the train just sort of stop because you lose to Belgium. Right. Like I, 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 mm. I don't think that's the case. I think the train is well on its way and moving and chugging along quite fine. 
even if the, you end up losing to Belgium, right? Because frankly, that's what everybody thinks is going to happen. Um, sure. So from, from that perspective, I think, you know, from a player's perspective, John Herdman has these guys wired to believe that they can win. And But also, I think, grounded in a reality that, look, they're going to be up for the fight of their lives, right? These three games yeah. will be the fight of their lives. Like, there will be Absolutely. no easy game in this group. And people who think they're, they're going to be able to flat track Croatia and run by them every time, you're crazy. That's not you're how it's going to go. If you're you think crazy. you're going to just flat track Morocco, no, that's not going to happen. No. That's not how this it's is going to work. It's the World Cup they, finals. Other than Qatar, There's these these teams belong here for a yeah, exactly. reason. Exactly. So like, they are going, yeah. this is not going to be a straightforward, they're going to have to battle in every single game to scratch and claw to get points. And John Herdman has them ready for that fight. I truly mm-hmm. believe that. Do I think they're going to be able to get something on Belgium to be honest no um but if they do amazing right because in my mind's eye in the back of my mind I have this fantasy that they surprise them in the first 15 minutes and maybe get one maybe two right you're just out of sheer shock you're not alone I said it's in the back of my mind I didn't say it's gonna happen <laughs> yeah, you know yeah, I mean, yeah. like, the I mean I, my goosebumps have goosebumps here listening to you say that because one we're two days away and that's all I want for Christmas like if we <laughs> score on Belgium in the first 20 minutes I might melt. You might have to do the Tuesday, they the might Thursday show without they might me. Go yeah. die a shock. A two-one result, a loss, a two-one re- loss for Canada against mm-hmm. Belgium may just be the greatest result in Canadian men's national team history. Yeah. But, but can you Think explain that, that without an infographic to Joe Public? That's what I'm saying. So much of this so. trip to the World I think, Cup I think has been people like us. But but I'm just saying, and and this, you know, I'm going off on a tangent here. But so much of this World Cup has been people like y- the three of us explaining to Joe Casual, and I'm not using that in a derogatory term. We were all there at once, but explaining to Joe Casual the lack of uh, the the idea of patience and diminished expectations, right? Like we are we're hanging with the big boys, but we just got invited to the table, so we're probably going to have to get noogied a couple times before we get invited to the treehouse kind of thing. Um, you know, when does that get old for, and again, I'm, I'm positing here because I don't know when it gets old. I'm just worried that there's going to be a line in the sand where people are like, I'm sick of being talked down to, you know, like I want to get into this sport. I want to support the team, but I'm sick of being told that my enthusiasm is too high, too low. My disappointment is too high, too low. I'm sick of being put in my place by 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 the sort of and again gatekeepers is not the word i want to use but i'm sick of being told by the gatekeepers you know that i'm doing it wrong right like no you shouldn't be upset that we lost two to one yeah there is a point there is a point where that does happen your first yeah against your first real opponent the best opponents canada will ever face this is your first time facing world-class competition is not Mm. that point and i think if you ask a hundred Canadians who are just tuning into the World Cup, what they expect for Canada, I think more of them will say that you'll get they're expecting Canada to get killed as opposed to us who have watched the Spence national team That's a that's an time and time interesting again. point, Mikey. That's an interesting point. And I, 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 I think that's get, a fair know? point. No, I, I, I think no, that's a fair real. point. It's very real because I've had this conversation with people just on the street going to the grocery store, right? Because I have a Canada mm. soccer 
flag on my car. So people will see yeah, that yeah. and they'll ask me about the World Cup. And I'll just be like, listen, like they're better than you think they are, or at least the, if you if you haven't been watching the but game, but there's still a long way to go. There's still yeah. a long way to go, right? They just got yeah, to the table. Yeah. This is still an incredibly young, at least the core that is going to really carry this this team is still pretty mm. young, right? So from yeah. that perspective, this is sort of your testing ground to be like, okay. We can now get footing in this. It's where you go after this right now. Of course, right. if they get to the next round, the expectations go through the roof. And of course, at that point, all right, fine. Right. Like you, yeah. you, you can only sort of temper those expectations so much. But if you start getting results and of course, those expectations go way up and you build that for yourself. But yeah. um, you, for right now against Belgium, look, if they, again, like if Mike said, they come, if they this go is crazy, away, I can't believe we're watch. discussing this. I keep I having to pinch myself. I'm like, we're playing Belgium in two days in the world cup. Like it's just, say, it's madness. It's absolutely, look, even if it's a three, one loss, even if it's a three, one loss, I still think that's it. And you get a goal. That's one of the goals you had going into this world cup is score a goal. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you, you, I, I, I can't remember specific examples, but over the past two days, four games watched, uh, I can't tell you how many stats just came out from the color commentator where it was like, oh, yeah, this is a major tournament. I, I, I really wish I had written them down, but like one of them was like, it might have been about Ecuador. Like, you know, they've been in the World Cup a whole bunch of times, but they've never made it out of the, the round of 16 or something like that. It was it was those little fun facts about just how difficult this tournament is, just how much it matters. And, and generally speaking, where the levels are for certain countries and, and, and how they quantify their success uh, at this penultimate or at the ultimate. It's not penultimate. It's the ultimate tournament. Um, yeah, no, you know, you know my opinions on the subject. They're, they're learned. I, they're, they're trying to be as anti-knee jerk as possible. But when I look at the wider mosaic, I wonder how much good faith the Canadian men's national team has in a crowded sports landscape with 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 fans that aren't necessarily versed in the game of soccer so they're already predisposed to hate it for the low scoring and the nil nil draws and the diving and the yada 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 and then when they compare it against something like the Canadian men's national hockey team which are world beaters you know i i wonder how how much how sustainable this is and i and and to me the answer is you know if our team can entertain you know, if Fonzie can do what he did to Panama against the Belgium or a Croatia or a Morocco, it's not just the rest of the world that's going to take notice, but it's right here in our own backyard. You know, it becomes a memeable moment the same way that that Panama qualifier was a memeable uh, moment, but just writ so much larger. And I think that that's enough of a cookie to sustain. So, so you know, right, circling right back, I, I, to me, I think the goal of this Canada team has to be to make those moments. You know, to yeah. generate those kind of moments, those memeable, saleable, bite-sized moments, whether it's goal action or whether it's, you know, Alistair well, Johnson think, taking somebody's that's, that's, knees out. That's the yeah. part about this this men's national team I don't think we need to be too concerned about because as we've seen in qualifying, this team plays such an attractive style of football. They, mm. They're quick, they're fast, they're talented, they're pacey. And you know what? They fight like heck for one yeah. another. And they yep. epitomize what Canadians are, right? In terms of their battle, their will. They're not backing down from anybody. And you talk about a bunch of hockey fans tuning in, man. They're going to love this Canadian men's national love team. Richie. 
Oh, they're gonna. They're gonna love, love Richie. They're gonna love Red Mist. Red Mist. They're boys. gonna love them. I can go through the whole squad. This is gonna be players that everyone yeah. will be attracted to here. So I don't think we need to be too concerned about that. Um, but Mike, segue us because let's keep this conversation going. We still got lots of yeah. men's national team. Yeah, true enough. Yeah, for sure. True and enough. like uh, one of the things that you know I think is going to be a key for this team, and I wonder if you guys agree, is set pieces. Right? They scored on a set piece against Japan. Um, you mm. know, Steve Victoria gets the goal. I actually have him as a potential to score Canada's first goal off set piece, um, ever. Um, so uh, oh, you to a potential uh segment later, but um, you know, how important will Canada, how important will it be for Canada to take advantage of the of set pieces of opportunities where you know we're expecting this team not to have a ton of the ball, right? Um, so you know, how important is it going to be for these set pieces? Uh, to to get things out of them, right? To get positive momentum, as you talked about, Jeff, out of those uh, set pieces. There are, four, there are several levels more important in tournament football than they are mm-hmm. in club football. Uh, restarts and set plays are unbelievably important. Uh, so I can't understate just how important it is. I'll to give be... you a stat, Jeff. I'll give yeah, you a stat. Yeah. Last World Cup. 40% of the goals were scored from set pieces. There you go. There it is in math, in numbers. <laughs> Unbelievably important. Like cannot be cannot be understated how important. But I think of the reverse of that also is that, you know, our defending on set pieces is going to have to be critical as well. Right? 100%. And 100% we've, critical. We're on set pieces in terms of defending, right? It, it will be interesting in a setting that is non-CONCACAF are you are taking on world's best? How do you handle set those set pieces defensively? Mm-hmm. Right, offensively they're is, going to have to be a key for us, but defensively they're going to be massive for us as well. Is Canada oh, yeah, a big I agree. team? Are they big? Because you have Jonathan Not, David, you have Kyle Laren if he plays, you have Stephen Vittoria who can get up. Kamal Miller can also get up. Are they a big team? I, don't, I, I don't wouldn't consider so. them a big team. No. They're not yap stams. We, we're not building eleven yap stams out there. So and know, I, I know that yeah, I know they scored yeah. against Japan off a set piece, but I don't think this team is too threatening off set pieces. They don't really have that guy no. that can line up a free kick from twenty yards out and or twenty five yards out and be like, yeah, that's you know that's going to be a shot on target. I think their guys. I mean, I I believe in Eustachio, and I and I think Junior's probably got got a few tricks in his yeah. arsenal on the, on the set. Play. Yeah. But, but in terms of like across yeah, the pitch, yeah. who's taking set pieces for other teams, you got mm-hmm. Ziek and you got yeah, 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 yeah. We're nowhere near, we're, we're nowhere near that level of quality. For, yeah. And obviously Belgium. So yeah, that part's also, I'm more concerned about it than I am hyped about the fact that set pieces are such a big factor in, in the world. Cup. Yeah, no, that's, that's very, very fair. Well, I yeah. think that's where our comment earlier about maybe starting junior Hoylet becomes really important because I think our, our arguably he's our best crosser of the ball um, in terms of set yeah. pieces, right? Set Either pieces from corners. Japan? Exactly. Or... Perfect. Exactly. And, and that's, either from a corner or an in-swinger um, or probably an out-swinger, sorry, um, from a set piece is going to be incredibly important for Canada in those moments, right? Where yep. you you get a stoppage in play, you're able to get bodies into the box, uh, and then you're, you're really trying to target probably Steven Vittoria, right? He's probably your best header in the air. 
uh, and either Probably. it's on goal or a knockdown, right? Which it kind of was in the Japan goal. It wasn't quite a knockdown um, by Victoria, but um, you know, the opportunity was there. Right. And, and I think you need oh, yeah. those opportunities because the other opportunity for you to score goals is obviously going to be in transition. Those transition moments are going to be difficult if you're sitting deep or if, you know, Belgium or Croatia have a ton of the ball and you're not able to, you know, get your forwards or get, Fonzie or get Tejon really ahead of steam, right? And, and that's mm. and that's kind of those two areas that you're really going to have to master um, throughout this tournament to give yourself a shot to score a goal. Um, and yep. that and that's really it. I do foresee a scenario maybe where we do have a bit of the ball because when we do have the ball, and especially in J- against Japan, we looked all right in possession, right? There, there. Were, what we were missing is that final that final pass, that killer pass, yeah, that sort of. Yeah unlocked everything and made chances. And that's a little bit of what we're missing. You're hoping a Stachio would provide that or will provide that. But those, those opportunities in terms of possession and being able to break teams down are going to be very few and far between, I think. Um, so you're really the, the set pieces and obviously transition offense are going to be uh, keys for Canada throughout the tournament. Critical, critical keys for Canada. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. So uh, let's 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 lay it on the line, gentlemen. We talked about Japan. We've talked about, you know, this upcoming game against Belgium, our our hopes, our dreams, our fears, um, mm-hmm. what this game could be. It's one of three. Where are we going? What's the prediction? How are we how are we really feeling about this? Um, and this is this is you can either go with your heart, heart or your head uh, with this, because those two things could be very different uh, things. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Jeffrey, I'm going to start with you. Uh, what, uh, what's your prediction? What do you think is going to happen on Wednesday? What's my prediction? Huge Batshuayi fan, but I can't see him clicking with the well-oiled Belgium machine first, first, first run out the gate. I think it's going to take him time to to blood in uh, being on the periphery for so long. So I think we're going to score first. And I think we might win. I'm going to predict that we win. Uh, I'm okay. going to say 2-1 Canada. 2-1 Canada. Uh, okay, who's, get, who's yeah, getting the first ever goal? Canada. Who's getting the first ever goal? Uh, my boy, Junior David Hoylett, which okay. spoils a certain segment later. But uh, I, do think, I do think Junior is going to score. And uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, you know... I think if we can if we can confuse Belgium in the first fifteen minutes, maybe maybe get one in there. Uh, it's ours to ha- it's ours for the taking. So it's about that first 15, 20 minutes for Canada. And okay. uh, if if we if we hit the ground running, I'm I, I'm confident we might be able to to shock shock the football world. Yeah, All right, Michael. Like I I honestly don't know. I I don't know what my prediction is for this game mm-hmm. it could it could go one of 17 different ways in my mind i predict has, all three of us are going to be watching it that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> and my mind has literally gone racing through all 17 of those opportunities and seeing how yeah you know i could see that happening listen canada are underdogs in this game for a very good reason they should mm-hmm. not win this game but every time you seem to doubt this team they find a way to just defy your expectations. So what I'll predict, my prediction is going to be that Canada will score a goal in this game. I don't know what the final result will be, 
But I do believe that this team has it in them to score against a team like Belgium, who's aging or inexperienced back line, depending on which way that they yep, they decide yep. to go, could uh, could be caught against a pacey Canada attack that wants to play on the front foot and has serious threats moving forward. So that that's the best I can give you, honestly, right now, is that Canada will score a goal. Cop out. <laughs> no, cop no, no. Out. Yeah, cop out. I don't think it's a cop out. Absolute 100%. cop out. Um, look, I, I, I've got my head in my heart. Um, my heart thinks Canada can actually sort of, to Jeff's point, catch him out early, um, get him when they, when you don't, when they just think that, okay, we're going to get our foot on the ball and control this thing and we catch them on the counter. They've had, Dave, I've watched Belgium play terribly. As often well, they as lost Egypt in their well. last friendly yeah. into the World Cup. They you know what I mean? And, I've, and, I've uh, watched Belgium look like absolute ass on the pitch before. So why can't, why can't that be it is, why it can't is friendly, but, but Belgium, why not us? Uh, true. Um, but I think to me, Belgium have two modes. Either they're the number two team in the world and they can just easily cruise by teams and use their quality to, to defeat teams, or they are so under what they should be in a match. Yep. Yeah. One hundred percent. Have an opportunity to to nick results off them, uh, and yeah. and it's why they haven't won anything. Frankly, right? You have a golden generation that has not won anything, and the pressure's me, on them, man. That's the other 100%. thing you have to remember. One hundred percent. And they could, and they could, and they could be their own worst enemy. We could, we could just be taking advantage of them getting in their own way. Because they're overthinking everything, they're galaxy braining everything. You know, they're not used to a a, a, a much more mobile uh, between the line center forward like Bachui over you know a tank that is Romelu Lukaku, right? Like you, you you have to appreciate that like you know the beauty of a team like Belgium is that all the pieces fit together. The detriment of a team like Belgium is that when one piece is out of whack, the whole thing can go up in flames. So why not us? Why not us? We, we, we've been, we've been pretty lucky. You know, we, we've exercised a lot of CONCACAF demons over this qualification cycle, you know, calls have gone our way, you know, freaky goals that used to be called against us bouncing off Atiba's crotch, go in on this world cup qualification. Why can't we roll with that a little bit more and start taking advantage of all of this good karma that the soccer gods Oh, I like so. You know? So, uh, why the the one why not us that I'll give you is called Kevin De Bruyne, mm. and yeah, if he is he's able, had, and true, one hundred players in that team you can name, yeah, for yes, but it, but if he yeah, exactly, but if he if he can get if he gets time on the ball, which I oh, obviously yeah. the plan I'm will so be not to get him on the ball, he will dis- he could destroy box. us, and and look, and and that's just a reality of where yeah. we are now. We are now in the one big of the, leagues. You're going to have yeah. to face one of these guys every single match, right? Literally at this World Cup. You're facing three mm-hmm. of some of the best midfielders in the world um, in, in this World Cup. So uh, I think it's going to end up being either a 2-1 or 3-1 to Belgium. However, yeah. I do believe we're going to score a goal. Uh, and I, But I don't think we're going to, we're not going to look like we don't belong. Put it that way. Yeah, yeah. And I, and to me, the difference between you know a two one loss and a two one win is so is it, it it really is a game of inches. You know what I mean? Like Qatar, if he had buried that header right at the death in the first half, it would have been a very different second half. You know, there was there it, it was inches away from equalizing at that point. So 
I, 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 I just, I'm, I'm, I'm going into, I'm going into Wednesday guns blazing guys, whatever, whatever, pure positivity. I can also see a scenario. I could also see a scenario where Canada score really early, like one or two really quickly. And in Belgium are shell shocked. Shell shocked. I I, I can, I can 100% also see that happening. It's not out of the realm of possibility that that happens. It's a, you know, but it could happen. When's the last time we've played Belgium? It certainly hasn't been anytime recently if ever so you know they could game plan and going we got to shut them down on the wings and then it's just the Eustachio, you know uh, uh jonathan david show right like there are so many permutations to our attack and we happen to be very very flexible and we have a gaffer that's willing to indulge those you know uh, uh slightly left of center i ideas you know we it, this this could this could be our uh, this could be a real coming out party. But anyway, you know, I, it's not that I don't disagree with Nico, and and that is for me. If they score a goal in this game, I'm I'm a pig in shit, you know. But I also don't I don't see a million different reasons why we can't also surprise the world and maybe and maybe take a win here. Well, let's uh, let's hope on Wednesday Canada can surprise the world um, and and prove me wrong because I I really hope to God they can um, because mm-hmm. that would be let's put it this way man I, I'm going to be crying at the anthem um, I'm probably yeah. be crying when I see Atiba um, it's it's just going to be a real for all Canadian soccer fans who've been especially those who have been with this national team for a long time it is going to be an emotional day it's um, crazy it's cr- two, I o'clock, can't even, two o'clock can't even... on uh, Wednesday yeah. is going to be nuts. It really will. It's absolutely be kooky. It's nuts. Well, s- since we've been talking about our predictions and things like that, boys, it's time for TTID Best Bets um, brought to you by Sports Interaction. Want to bet? You can do it all on Sport Interaction, Canada's sports book. Every single World Cup game at your fingertips. Bet pregame, live in play, or one of our many uh, Canadian-specific prop bets uh, made for Canadians by Canadians. Sport Inter- Interaction makes it easy to deposit, play, and cash out. Uh, join now and see all the best that sport betting has to offer, head to bit.ly slash TTID pod. That is bit.ly slash TTID pod to get in your bets today. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Okay. Um, This is it. We, we talked a little bit about our overall thoughts, but uh, this is where money's on the line, gents. So mm-hmm. uh, we picked a couple of uh, fun uh, little bets within the Canada Belgium game to look at. Um, Mr. Singh, I'll start with you. What did you sort of look at here? Yeah, you see, with this being Canada's first game out of World Cup in 36 years, first time really playing on this stage, first time really playing an opponent of this stature, um, I believe there are going to be nerves. And with that, we've seen Canada be a little bit susceptible when they play a Uruguay or even a Japan to conceding early. Mm-hmm. So I do think that in the first half, I'm going to be taking the over one and a half goals. So two goals to be scored in the first half, two or more. And that's at plus 155. Again, like the reason I like it is because I do believe that there will be a little bit of openness and some mistakes to be had by Canada. I do think, you know, there's a good possibility that Belgium takes advantage early. 
But at the same time, I think that'll also open the game up more. And Canada could throw some numbers forward. And maybe they either get them, themselves another one or Belgium perhaps snags another one on, on the counter. On the I counter, hope it's, yeah, yeah. I hope it's the former, but uh, I think I think that's that's kind of what I'm leaning towards, over, over one and a half goals in the first half. All right, right on. Jeffy, what are you looking at? Uh, I went, you know, <laughs> I went fanboy. I took uh, Junior Hoylet to score a goal anytime in the game okay. uh, at plus five eighty, which is uh, which is nice. It means uh, you know five on top of uh, on top of my uh, my homer my homer shout. Um, just you know, basically shiny shiny. If I see Junior Hoylet's name next to something clickable, I'm going to click it. So I clicked it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, for myself, I took a minute of the first goal. Um, you know, I, I'm going for between the 31st and 45th minute for the first goal. So, so the I complete think gonna, opposite of what Mike Mike guessed. Basically. Yeah, yeah. I I, yeah. I I think there's gonna I think there's gonna be a bit of you know a little bit of it might be a little bit of what you call bunkering from Canada a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, and in trying to hit on the counter with uh, Belgium's possession. I got that at a plus 350. Um, so, you know, from, from that perspective, I like that just because I think the game will be cagey at the beginning. Um, Belgium do- is going to be aware of Canada's ability to hit them on the counter and might be a little cautious in possession and just be willing to keep the ball a little bit. Um, and, and But at some point that breaks either way. Uh, and mm. I'm not going to say who goes first, but uh, from that perspective, I think a goal is going to be happening in and around that time. So that is uh, our best bets uh, for this game. Not advice, okay, guys. <laughs> so uh, definitely, um, uh, you know, take that as you will. Um, let's move on, uh, gentlemen, over to uh, a little bit of TFC talk. This is a Toronto FC podcast, so we do need to talk a little bit about uh, these Reds here. And um, yeah, it's starting to free agency has opened up. Uh, you know, we, we've gone through now the first round of reallocation draft um, in TFC. You got a goalkeeper. We got a goalkeeper. Um, he's clearly mm-hmm. going to be a backup goalkeeper, um, I think. But uh, other than that, all quiet on the Bob Bradley front. So the question is, um, you know, are we are we concerned? Are we are we you know what's happening? Because I feel like a lot of people are kind of asking what is happening, especially with Domenico Crescito announcing his retirement or not retirement. Which which one is it, Mikey? What are we looking at here? Yeah, I mean, I've reported all along that he's going to be retiring. Um, that's what TFC came out and, and said that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, what? You, that's what he's doing. But now he's mm-hmm. apparently still mulling over his future. But to be honest, from Toronto FC's perspective, it's retirement. Um, it doesn't matter if he keeps playing or not. He's not coming back to Toronto FC. Now, to answer your question, am I concerned about Toronto FC in terms of the lack of moves? Not necessarily from that front. Uh, I'm not concerned about the lack of moves just because if you look around Major League Soccer, there's not that many teams making moves right now. I think with the World Cup being smack dab in the middle of your offseason, that's essentially what happens. Um, Free agency just opened a couple of days ago. And there are a number of guys that are free agents that are at the World Cup right now. And I'm sure that ones that we want. Yeah. And yeah, and I'm sure that want to wait until after the World Cup to to make their decision. Right. 
And when your big players, like a quote unquote big players, because those are the best players in MLS free agency, are mm-hmm. waiting until after the World Cup, that causes a ripple effect. So in the market, because you have guys who are waiting for those guys to come off the market so they can get the next best contract. But then you have teams that are waiting for these guys to potentially make their decisions. And obviously a perfect example, TFC and Jonathan Osorio, what's happening there. No one actually um, knows from either camp because they want to see how this world cup plays out. Right. So I think in the next week or two, we'll get a lot more clarity in terms of the number of names that are going to be coming in. Um, But Overall, yeah, just based on, on what I'm hearing, I, I, I'm a little concerned that this team will be able to compete next season, but we'll see. Well, it feels like there's a lot of holes to fill, right? So like, it just feels like every time every time we think, okay, we, we think we know what we need to fill, another hole seems to open up. Yeah, and yeah, we're, we're on a leaky boat. Pieces with, that might yeah. be able to like maybe mm-hmm. not fill the hole, but at least partly patch the hole. Um, so uh, maybe a, a more apt question, and maybe Jeff, you can you can take a look at this. Is, is mm-hmm. more just the are we concerned about the fact that we've got holes, but yet we're shipping off Luca Petrasso um, for Gann, one hundred percent, and then Christian retiring, and it just feels like as much as we feel like we have some answers, there's still a ton of answers that this club needs to I'll, I'll, question. I'll, sorry, I'll, that this club needs to answer. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll condense it even further than that. It feels like one hand doesn't know what the other is doing. You know what I mean? When we're talking about the Petrasso move, it's like, well, let, let's hope that there's something in the works. And the something in the works was we lost our other natural left back. So it, it, it feels like, you know, the, the news and the party line is patience, measured, et cetera, et cetera. But then you look at the reality and it seems to be a whole lot of reactionary knee-jerk moves, right? And the, the and and I'm not entirely sure that they two can coexist peacefully at all. Um, maybe maybe no, a little bit, but but there's a bigger mm-hmm. plan. There's a bigger plan, right? You're not just going to trade a fault because I knew the Christian thing was going to be happening for a long time, right? But if so, that. so and if they did, then what the hell are they doing? Even well, we, entertaining the idea of I mean, of, of we Luka. can't we can't evaluate that move now. Mm. Because we don't see what's happening next, right? And it's again, a and off season. I don't. I don't. Well, I mean, it's pretty. Everything that I've read from most pundits that I appreciate on the TFC beat have been pretty adamant that we should definitely try and have all of our ducks in a row come training camp. That the team yeah. is really putting itself at a disadvantage if things aren't figured out. And these new players and the holes that are plugged, et cetera, et cetera, don't have time to gel with a proper Bob Bradley training camp. And and doing it again, going into a new season again, where we're slowly but surely building it as we're building the boat as we're taking the cruise, basically, is very, 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 very non Bill Manning's Bill Manning's come out and said that that's what he wants to do. He wants to have every player in training camp, at least by the second okay training camp right right but i mean we found players of, before we lost two more so so i i think i think the concern is fair i agree with you i absolutely agree with you right now we knew that this was going to be the case there's so many things that are incumbent on what happens in this world cup but you know it wasn't an ideal situation that 
all the news surrounding this club revolved around a position that we didn't think was a position of need and has now suddenly become right up there on the action list with all the other positions of need that that we knew we had to address, right? It doesn't inspire confidence. Um, yeah. And and it does, you know, this was on Monaro's reader mailbag on TFC Republic this week, and, and he answered quite bluntly. It does speak to poor roster management. It really, really does. And I think that the cat's out of the bag with respect to people not being afraid to say that the club is cleaning up Ali Curtis's mess. I think that that's well understood to be the case right now. But how, like, like, I, like I opened with, how long does that wash before you start going, well, Ali Curtis left us, you know, two, three seasons ago. We can't, we can't still be, he, he didn't have enough time to, to F up the team as badly as, as we're claiming now needs to be, uh, you know, re, re, uh, uh, at this point, I, you know, in all, in all things, there's a line where it starts to get ridiculous. And, and it really has been a, a very tragic convenience that both players outgoing happen to be natural left backs because it's just, it, it's sort of added uh, insult to injury in, in, in this, in this sort of off season of, of unknown of, of a lot of unknowns It's created even another unknown. Yeah, go ahead. Mike. Yeah, yeah, I'm worried. I'm concerned. I just, I just don't think that TFC are trading Luca Petrasso and then all of a sudden surprised by the fact Rashido retired. I think there is, they're meticulous. From your mouth that, to God's right? ears, buddy, because because I again, it it does feel a little bit reactionary, and then you have to ask the question because you you made the point so eloquently yourself last week when you talked about how much you hated. The Petrasso deal. I right? hate it. Like, I still do. Yeah, you're like, you're like, here's but a guy I'm, that's a good servant to the club, that's a capable understudy that we're getting for for cheap. You know, why why are we letting him go? And then when you add the crescendo to it, it 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 may it it makes your comments even more uh, poignant and and it, you know it, it, like we're entirely on your side with this. It's like. I, well, absolutely. I, I don't like it, Jeff. I don't like it because mm. Luca Petrasso, I believe, is a very quality player and is a very useful MLS depth piece. But I, it's not because I believe TFC aren't going to fill the position. I believe mm. they are. They have another move of course lined they, up. Yeah, to of course. Fill they, that I mean, position, they have to, right? Yeah. So I, I, we can't really fairly evaluate both moves until we see what's to come now if we're having the yeah. same conversation in february where the season's about to start then okay bring out your dad right? yeah, yeah then okay i 100 hear what hear what you're saying and i totally agree with you i think there's gonna yeah. be a flurry a flurry of moves between now and in january well i think some of the I, I guess when you look at the at TFC Live right now, the the concern is you're seeing reputable MLS reporters and sources starting to say certain high priced or high valued free agents are already starting to get an idea. They're doing tours at Cincinnati and Red Bull hmm. and hmm. Nashville, and there and you just don't seem to have Toronto's name out there now. Granted. This isn't quite the old days where everything about Toronto FC got out in the press. Um, yeah. So, that, so obviously those days have changed a little bit. But I think some of the concern, and, and look, when we put, when I put out the tweet about three burning questions, this was probably maybe number two in terms yeah. of the type of questions we got is, well, why aren't we hearing anything for... about TFC in the free agent market? I mean, just, just to interject for one second. 
TFC Live are still going, still like, I don't understand why we let uh, Kamar Lawrence go or why we let Auro go when you've oh, got sure. people telling, but you've got people telling them with inside information, Auro didn't show up to training. You know, uh, Kamar Lawrence would rather have been anywhere but the weight room or, or you know, uh, player management. And, and so there is, you know, there are certain people that are going to be concerned whether we like it or not. And there are certain people that will, you know, that think will, will consistently question inside information as being false when it's been proven, not just by Mikey Singh, but across the board, you know, you ask anybody in the know, they may not be as, as blatant as Mikey was, you know, when we were talking about, about Oro, but the suggestion is it, it ends up being pretty much the exact same thing. Right. I mean, but your question was, am I concerned yet? And yeah, I'm concerned because we're in limbo right now. We've lost, you know, one of the biggest issues of our, our season last year was our outside backs. We just lost two of them. Um, so it feels like we're circling the drain to 2022. Duh. So of course I'm concerned. Do I have faith that the club is going to make moves? Absolutely. Without question, I think the club is going to make moves. Will they be the right moves? I don't know anymore. I've, we've seen too many wrong moves from this club, you know, I, that, that almost eclipse the right moves. I'll tell you this. If we don't have our ducks in a row leading into the offseason, I'm going to start throwing elbows because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. And I don't care about the magic unicorn over the hill if we don't even have the spine of a competitive team going into training camp. Why have training camp then? What's the point to sing around, toast marshmallows, and talk about stuff and sing kumbaya? Like you, you no, want but a I, team I, for training camp. No, but yeah. uh, absolutely one hundred percent. But I think, mm -hmm. and again, take it as, take it with a pinch of salt. Obviously, I'm saying it with a little bit of tongue in cheek in terms of what TFC Live's saying. But you mm -hmm. know, there are these sort of questions about like, like there's a lot. There's a lot we've identified the holes. There are a lot yeah. of them to fill in this off season. Lots. And can you lots. do that in one off season? Or, or are we saying, you know what, it's going to have to take another two off season, this off season in the summer to fill them. And can, and, and will, and will the fan base be patient enough? Cause they have been asked to be patient no, for and no. two seasons, but, right? And, and, the, and two seasons, that patience yeah. does run out eventually. I'm absolutely. asking the question. I'm just, I'm just asking the question. Yeah, no, no, you're right. You're absolutely right. And, and, and I keep coming back to Petrasso because it's like, um, you know, he he's not a starter, but if you you know if, if it's the difference between a not a starter and nobody, or or converting a winger to an outside back, do you know what I like? You know, if we get let's put it this way: if we get rid of him this early and find a replacement way too late, that's not good. You know, it's just not good. It's it's not good optically. It's not good in terms of team cohesion. It's a lot of bad. So I'd like to see, uh, you know, just to, to dumb it down, I'd like to see more incoming players for a little bit than than more outgoing players, right? Let, let's sort of plug the hole in, in the ship. And I know I, Jaden Nelson's on his way out. I, I know. I, I've read your article. So but I, think, like, I think you're speaking from a, from a frustrated fan's perspective right now. Damn right. Which is which is probably the temperature in the room when it comes mm -hmm. to Toronto FC fans, right? It's just, you, you're, they're not going to sign somebody for the sake of signing somebody. There, there's a you have process. to. 
there's a long process to it. There's a long off season. It's not like the off season ends tomorrow. There's no, there's no. a plan in place, and they're waiting for a couple of different uh, blocks to fall. They're, yep, shoes to drop. Their, whatever metaphor you choose, yeah. yeah. You know, they, there's they're kicking tires on a number of different pieces, and it, it at this point, like I mentioned off the bat, it, it is a waiting game with with some of these pieces, for sure. right? So. Yeah, you might have to feel that frustration for a little bit longer, but trust me, we are going to get more than enough content over the next course of this. That's all I care about. That's all. Yeah, that's all I care about. Yeah, trust me. Nico, Nico, Tom, developers is asking about Matt Hedges. I think this is the second time they've asked about Matt Hedges. Do you have any anything to add about that free agent? Nothing that I've you know, checked in on personally. I haven't even asked to be honest with you. I've been busy doing with, uh, with, with stuff. This, yeah, a lot of World Cup stuff there. There, Nico Tom developers. Um, Hedges is a center back, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, Dallas. Yeah, let's let's get he's, Aaron Long he's instead. Touring Cincinnati. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the guy who was touring Cincinnati. Um, let's get Aaron Long instead. How about that? How about hey, Aaron Cincinnati Long can have a lot of money. Matt You're have to make him a DP. He will have to be a DP center back. Why he was on Max Tam with the with the Red Bulls, so so we would have well, to upgrade him. Well, as a free agent, you because he's going to have interest from Europe as well, right? Like, yeah, yeah, but but isn't MLS mandate a fifteen percent maximum uh, wage increase? So depending on where he was getting paid, and again, this is me getting called out for not knowing that. So I, I, I'm not nah, on pants. I've, I've not made a, this mistake. Yeah, let's not yeah. dive into the technicalities. Uh, too much, mm-hmm. but yeah, Aaron Long would cost more theoretically than Matt Hedges. Um, right. I don't know how much more, but he would be a pricier thing. And yeah, if you snap your fingers, you want to choose one of the two, 100%. It's, it's Aaron Long, right? It's Aaron Long. But it's Aaron, Matt, Hedges, Matt Hedges could be that Drew Moore type of piece where he's such a veteran. So could Aaron Long. As, uh, yeah, Aaron Long's younger though, right? He's like 20. And he's with an he's with the US national team, so you're gonna have to wait until after the World Cup anyway. Yeah, you're gonna Well, I mean that them. that's the thing. That that's the real clincher here is that unfortunately there's this little thing called the World Cup going on right now, so it will affect uh TFC's recruitment. Um but yeah, I mean my frustration just comes from the fact that like outside back was all we were talking about last season, and now we're we're talking about it again. Well and, to and, me and you know. Yeah, the scary part is just that there is. Can you really realistically get all these holes covered in this offseason, right? Because it feels like you got this is you're gonna have to get if not all of them, then I would say 95% of them covered, right? Like it feels like there's a lot to do, and I do believe there is a plan in place. Obviously, they're going to sign players. It's just with that many holes, you feel like you gotta you gotta hit almost all of them out of the park. And that's really Which hard is to not, do with just like two possible. signings in an offseason. And, that, and let that's, alone and that's why, and that's what kind of kind of prickle at this idea of the perfect player at the perfect cost at the perfect time. It feels like a unicorn hunt. Um, you know, we're all three of us would take Aaron Long in a second. There's absolutely no guarantee that he's going to blood in with this team well or be able to play in, cap, a, right? in a Bob Bradley system. And that was my other mention. You know, is it can we do it? under the salary cap with the draconian roster regulations that MLS has in place. Um, You know, I I am fully prepared to wait out the world cup and see where the chips lie. 
But I get some news before then. It'll probably be more outgoing left backs. It'll be we'll sell all our right backs. We don't have anybody signed by Christmas. We're in trouble, buddy. We've got we've got eight U Sport goalkeepers, but we have no center backs. And what's a what's a left back? Um, I will say this: I I want TFC to be much more aggressive. I want them to make up for lost time, and I want to know that this time they're not spending, you know, sitting on their hands. They're developing a plan B, a plan C, a plan D, a plan E, and all the way to plan Z. That's what I'd like to know. <coughs> and and as much as they're capable of doing that, I, I realize everything is is sort of tied up in everything else. But I would, you know, I would I would love I would love to know, you know, you find it's almost like the Poizuelo thing where we find we found out, you know, we signed him in 2019. But as as more information got disseminated, we found out the TFC had targeted him long before that, well into when they were you know negotiating with Seba. I would like to know that TFC still got a list, a binder that big of potential of targets. Of course they do. Of course, but they workable do. targets, not just pie in the sky transfer market. Who's on the Italian national team? Do. Workable, workable targets, and that they you know that they can they can. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, Aaron. Aaron made me laugh with look, Jeff. All those expensive Neapolitan dinners weren't eating themselves last off season. Yeah, yeah. I just like I, I want I want my team to be. Uh, I want this club to to start acting like the like their wallet. You know what I mean? We we did it with. Well, with you can only do that in a, so much in a salary cap league, right? Like we kind of have, right? We we're paying like all in our influence. Dollars to play football. No, no, but, but now, but now it's about, but now it's about selling people playing with him, right? Before it was about betting the new hotness. Now it's about selling, come play with Lorenzo Insigne and Federico Bernadeschi. You know what That's I mean? That's happening. That is happening. Yeah, it's just I. Yeah. I, I it's I just wish right it was now. That easy. Yeah. So it's, do I. I Hey, but look. but you have but in the same way as Bob Bradley said we're going to explore every mechanism, I TFC needs to explore that mechanism. I mean there are knockoff effects for that cost outlay, and one of them is you get to go to a. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Batshui. I really want him on TFC apparently, but like you go to guys <laughs> like that and you're like, hey, you want to you want to be on the reality. end of crosses from Lorenzo Insigne? You know, are you willing to come to MLS sort of thing? Um, that you know, I, I, I just I, I want to feel better about the team. I get I guess to break it down, are we concerned yet? Yeah, I'm concerned. I realize my concern is kind of unfounded and versed in frustration. I don't like being here and I want my team to do something to kind of talk me down off the mountaintop a little bit. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, let's uh let's wrap up the show. Is kind of actually segues into burning questions. We talked a little bit about day two of the World Cup. I know that's on the run. Now, mm-hmm. but we kind of already talked about that. Um, so let's let's go with uh this. Uh, is there a possibility that Jimenez leaves Toronto FC this season as Jesus Jimenez for those who are uninitiated? Um, in the off season that comes from Toronto FC underscore twenty one on Twitter. Mike, what do you think? Yeah, that's a Mikey question. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a real possibility that happens. That's buyout. Are they <laughs> going to do their buyout say. on him, or uh, do they have a suitor lined up? I think you'd, you'd have to imagine they would have a suitor lined up for okay. potentially Jimenez, but I, 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 I don't think, think you want to use a it's, buyout on him. Yeah, not not finalized, but but uh, 
they've shaken down there's, some some trees. Yeah, there's there's a possibility that okay. Jesus Jimenez doesn't return next season. Okay, a lot of you've heard it here first. That. A lot of people. We'll mm-hmm. be happy about that. Um, okay, and the second burning question, uh, this comes from Chris. Uh, which TFC player will get the most minutes at uh, and start at the World Cup? So these are two different things. So one, <laughs> yeah, who's going to get the most minutes? Questions. And then who's going to potentially be the first TFC player to start at the World Cup? Uh, Jeff, you go first. I mean, I want to say Oso Oso, right? But TFC Mike, player. TFC player? Yeah. Well, well, he's still a TFC, TFC player. player. He's, so he's still a TFC player. Oh, you just you made me cry. Oh, my oh, God. The, uh, the contracts ended. Yeah, the you're end right. He's not, a T- he's not a TFC. So do he's, we not get any money? Uh, yeah, so we don't, get, we don't get money for him uh, playing in the World Cup. No, TFC it's a free transfer. Oh. oh, for playing in the World Cup. Oh, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Maybe his contract's running. Yeah, because his contract's ran for the year. Because the technicality of if you guys want to go deep into the weeds... His contract isn't with Toronto FC. It's with the league. It's, it's with MLS. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So his contract probably runs until the end of the year with MLS. Um, but he is an MLS free agent officially hmm. November fifteenth. So whether or not TFC get compensated for his World Cup appearances, I actually don't know. But they are treating him hmm. like he is one of the free agents. It could just be for the oh, okay. content. But for the sake um, of this conversation, let's just still continue. Player. Player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you're yeah, saying yeah. also you're saying also on both, Jeff, Mike, what do you think? Uh TFC player to start at the World Cup, get the first start. Um Richie. Oh, as long as he played for you in the last two years, uh, according to the Nico Tom developer. So uh, we're going to see some Oso okay, money. Nice. We're going to see some Oso there cheddar. Yep. Um, the second thing I would say, most minutes? Yeah, Richie, Richie. Uh, I just think there's more depth. But isn't he technically a Nottingham Forest player? <laughs> <laughs> He's registered with us. That's how it tries. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm going. I'm on the same train. I think it's going to be Richie to start, um, and I do think he'll probably end up playing the most minutes. All due respect, to Oso, but clearly he has a defined role as coming off the bench and sort of providing that difference in the midfield when they need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, but I just virtue on the fact that Richie, if he starts, he's playing 90 most of the time. Uh, you guys are probably right. Yeah. Start at some point. Yeah. Yeah. You guys um, right. yeah. yeah. And that's it. And that's the show guys. Um, so, uh, okay. I have a, I have a burning question. Yeah, go, go I for have it. one go burning question first. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, does T so if Prashido says he's retiring, and then doesn't retire. Like we've, we've ripped up his contract, right? We've terminated by mutual consent. Mm-hmm. And so I have already answered my own question because the contract doesn't exist anymore. But is there any legal recourse for a team if someone says they're retiring and they rip up the contract by mutual consent and then they go play for Genoa again? I don't know. To be completely no? honest with you, but yeah. I don't think TFC's holding him hostage anyways. If he wants to no, no, I mean, you can sue. They, you can always point. sue for breach not, of contract. Not really. Right? But the, like, the, technically, it's mutual consent. You have agreed to, for whatever reason, you decide. But it's under false order. pretenses, right? I'm just wondering, because if the but mutual consent was based to, on your retirement. Yeah. So, but the thing is, Jeff, you don't have to mutually end someone's contract because they're retiring. They could retire. Right. Oh, for mutual, sure. For the, sure. The ending a contract by mutual consent is its own island. I 100% exactly. agree with you. 
I'm just, yeah. I'm wondering, I'm wondering just, I don't know. you know, how TFC is going to treat that potentiality if the man says I'm be, retiring and then immediately anything. goes to, no, there won't I guess, yeah, I guess at this it's just point, bad. Just live and let sauce. live. Yeah. Live and let live. Yeah. Done. He's, I won't he's be done. too. Okay. Thanks for a banger. I won't be too happy with him. That's all I have to say. I know he doesn't Fair care, enough. but I will not be too happy with him. And I, Fair and, enough. And but hey, thanks, thanks for a uh, thanks for a banger against New England. Hey, how about that? Um, what a goal! Right. Oh my god! Man. Yeah, stupid. <laughs> so, a couple of show yeah. announcements before we wrap up uh, today. One, we are moving to twice a week during uh, the World Cup, or at least during Canada's run. Uh, so we will have another show this coming Thursday evening, probably around the same time, I would assume. Uh, so mm-hmm. look out after for that. and. Yeah, and uh, just also keep in mind, um, if you're watching on YouTube right now, great. Thank you for joining on the that new That means you found our new channel. Yeah, <laughs> YouTube channel. Um, for those who have not, um, please go ahead. Just search Toronto Till I Die um, on YouTube. Find our new YouTube channel. Go ahead, subscribe. Smash that bell for notifications when shows are coming on. Um, all our future shows afterwards. So if you watch the show uh, on video after the live show, um, you can find all the video there. Okay. Um, just also a couple other things. Um, the tunnel club will be back. Uh, so myself, Sean, we will be doing tunnel club, uh, on Wednesday post game, uh, talking about Canada, Belgium. So look out for that on Twitter spaces. Um, and gentlemen, uh, any last, uh, remarks, uh, before we head out today? Enjoy, One, everybody. everybody, everybody put their hands in. One, two, three, brothers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I swear, I swear, like if there's a... All right, ready to do it now? Ready? There, there's, One, there's gonna be... two, do it, do it. Do Are it. we really going to do this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ready? One, two, three, brothers. Brothers. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have the sword. It doesn't count if you don't have. You're not sticking the sword somewhere. Uh, yeah. Really quickly before we go, <laughs> the, uh, the the last episode uh, of mm. uh, of the Canada the, the thing that should be on TV documenting mm. Canada's run to the World Cup um, yeah. qualifying. Uh, this is the hilarious footage of Atiba Hutchinson trying to stick that sword in the Tim Hortons frozen. Yeah, it's it's, it's great. It's great. Hilarious. Yeah. Just yeah. like. I'm just looking at uh, Etiba like that ain't gonna do it, man. Trust me. That's Wait, was that the last one? Yeah, it was. Yeah, that was the last oh, one. Oh, oh, I, I, I'm very disappointed. I, I watched it as if it was the second last one. I, I oh man. Oh no, it's not the last That's one. Funny. No, there's one more after this. There's one. Oh, more good, good. This. Yeah, this yeah, yeah. So the most the recent episode. one. Oh, okay, recent, good, 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 good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, anyways, yeah, yeah. we're going. Uh, for, Mike, <laughs> Beaton, for Michael Singh, uh, Mike Newell, thanks for listening to Toronto Until I Die. We will see you on Thursday. Take it easy, everybody. And wait, and wait, and baby, I'm TFC till I die.